Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amen, amen. God bless you, family. God is your brother, Sam Rock, right here on The Blaze. Get your word up. It's time to get your word up. It's time to get into the word of God. Amen. It's a, a nice night. Over here on the East Coast, I don't know where you're listening from. You might be listening from the other side of the continent, other side of the world. Um, but over here in the East Coast, where I'm broadcasting live from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, it's a beautiful night out. Amen. And um, it's a beautiful night, any night, that we're alive in the Word of God, that we're alive to Christ, that we're alive and well, knowing that God is Savior and Lord. Uh, that's always good news. Amen. Tonight, we're going to get into the topic of music. How do we know that the type of music that we're listening to is pleasing to God. How do we know that what we're listening to is pleasing to God? The music, the genre, whatever you might be accustomed to listen to, um, you'll be surprised. Music, yes, music was created by God for God. Amen. And so is everything else. <laughs> A lot of things that we think are not um, in the Bible or not biblical or not or doesn't even matter, matters to God. And God has a lot to say when it comes to music. There's a biblical basis for music, believe it or not. And we're going to get into it just a little bit of what I found in the study tonight. Amen. But before that, you know we got to pray. If you have any prayer requests, you could always email me at prayer at soulwinnerswithaz.org. Email us at prayer at soulwinnerswithaz.org if you need uh, me to pray and agree with you. Amen. Me and my wife, Ina Lopez, we love to pray for other people. We love to pray for you. Amen. And we'll contact you via email. And um, that'll be a good thing for God to get the glory and the honor and the worship as we pray to our Heavenly Father. So in that in that mode right there, let's pray. Let's pray to our Heavenly Father. Let's ask Him um, to intercede. Let's ask Him to be with us. Let's ask Him to speak and teach us about the biblical basis for music and what this is all about. So Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Lord and my Savior. The one that gives the audio to this ministry. The God who is sovereign in control of all things. That is you, Lord Jesus. I ask, Lord God, that you would just speak through this Bible study. That you would penetrate the ears of every single listener. And that from the ears there would be enlighten in their mind and it would touch their hearts and the blood of jesus i plead it right now the blood of jesus over every single family every single listener every single friend foe everyone out there the blood of jesus i speak jesus over our finances jesus over this bible study jesus over this ministry jesus over the people in the airways and on the internet and on the podcast jesus over everything and i thank you jesus for the opportunity to even come forth in any manner declaring your word because I know it's true because you're holy and you're loving and you're God so I pray this all inspired by the Holy Spirit knowing that you listen and you are able to answer according to your word in the name of Jesus amen 
So I hope you said amen with me because God is good and he's about to show us something in the word of God. First of all, music. Music, who created music? Well, some people say um, that it was just picked up by a talent or a gift that God gave someone. Um, other people confuse um, music with the musician that Lucifer was. And they say, well, he invented music. Uh-uh. God created music. God created all things. Uh, anything that's created by God cannot be creator. So God is creator, Father God. Right? Yahweh. El. El Elyon. Adonai. He's the creator, almighty God. So he's the creator and everything that God created is the creation. So the creation cannot be over the creator. So the Bible says that Jubal was the inventor of musical instruments. How do I know that? Well, thank God for the Bible. His word, Genesis chapter 4, 21 says, His brother's name was Jubal, the first musician, the inventor of the harp and flute. Isn't that crazy? The inventor of the harp and the flute. So Jubal was the inventor of musical instruments. And we know that in the scriptures it says that instruments were in the body uh, of Satan, of Lucifer. Um, instruments were all inside of him and they were part of him. But the Bible calls this man out, Jubal, to be the inventor of musical instruments. The Hebrews were much given to music. Their whole history, their literature, has an abundant evidence of music. The biblical basis for music, as a believer in Christ, if you're a believer, when it comes down to music, there is a biblical basis, right? And it's simple. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, you might be saying, well, that's too easy. Well, just listen to what music is out there. You have country, rock, rap, dance. Calypso, reggae, jazz, all these genres, right? Are they all anointed by God? You answer that question. I thought about it myself. But if there's no anointing on the music that you're listening to, first of all, um, you could tell by the lyrics. I know the melodies and everything is what draws people to listen to the tracks and listen to the music, to download music on the internet or listen on on the radio or whatever your favorite artist um it's a draw they draw you to them they draw you to the music the music is the melody and it has all kind of instruments and it's harmonious it's good right but what the lyrics what are the lyrics saying if you close your eyes and i played some music which i'm not going to do right now but if i played a familiar beat or a familiar melody you probably start, you, know, you close your eyes, you can't see um, the name of the artist or the CD cover or anything, but if you close your eyes and it's a, if it's a popular melody, you would even start humming or singing the lyrics because it's attached to the melody of the music. So there's a spirit involved when it comes to melody and the lyrics, right? So the biblical basis, the music that pleases God has to have his anointing on it the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Holy Trinity, right? So we need to get past the idea of style, this style or that style. We got to focus on the idea of whether or not 
the music is anointed by the Holy Spirit. Let me clarify anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's not emotionalism. It's not about, wow, that song makes me cry. Oh, wow, that song makes me angry. Oh, wow, that song makes me happy. That's emotionalism. And that's here and then gone really quick. It's circumstantial. But when it comes to the moving of the Holy Spirit, that means the singer, the music, the, the musicians, it's going to be a response. It's going to be a response generated from a believer, unbelievers, whether it be laughing, crying, shouting, dancing, or just being still. Because when the Holy Spirit shows up and the anointing is in the music and the artists and, and the musicians are all flowing, something's going to happen. There's going to be a reaction, even from unbelievers, because you, you'll be surprised. Unbelievers go to church and they know kind of like what's going to happen. They pretty much know um, the American setup of the church. You know, there's, pra there's a greeting, uh, praise and worship, uh, offering, you know, they know all of that. So when they hear the praise and worship, they're kind of like bracing themselves to not get emotional or, or not show anybody that they're feeling the music. I see it all the time in church when visitors come and um, they're just seeking. You can tell who the seekers are sometimes. And they come when, when when everybody's in praise and worship, hands are lifted up, people are getting involved, the Holy Spirit is moving, and they're bracing themselves. They're actually resisting the flow that's in the building. They're resisting the anointing. They're resisting the Holy Spirit because you can't resist the Holy Spirit. And they don't get the full effect of the music. So you got to understand that every piece of music is either anointed by the Holy Spirit or is anointed by demon spirits. There's no in between the, either the God-pleasing music or is demonic music. The genre of rap music, a lot of preachers out there, a lot of pastors, a lot of churches don't embrace the genre of rap inside their church because they say the music is over demonic drums. And I don't have a lot of time to get into that, um, but... The origin of rap and all of that. If people want to trace that back to demonic drums and all that stuff. Okay. But God does a new thing with whatever he wants to do a new thing with. And he just so happens to use the genre of rap, rock, reggae, Latin music. All kind of genres to bring him glory. To bring himself glory. So we can't really pinpoint a genre and say that's over demonic drums. When Latin music has a lot of percussion, where rock and roll has a lot of percussion, where calypso and reggae has a lot of percussion. So that means because these genres use drums and they stem back from African cultures, um, multi-ethnic cultures, the bongos and all that percussion stuff. We can't all throw everything in a big bowl and say that's all demonic. Or we can't single out just one and say that it's demonic. Because God will use music, amen, like he did through King David. When he wasn't even king yet, King Saul would be um, calmed down. He would, he would um, not be angry anymore when David, young David, was playing his instrument. Because it had an anointing. He had an anointing. The music was anointed of God. And, and King Saul, which chased David all around, trying to kill him. 
even threw a spear at him one time while he was playing. And um, it would really make a difference. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the music is what God is looking for. Because if he created the music, and I know he did, amen, it should be pleasing to him. And it's only through faith that you can please God. So there has to be faith in the music. There has to be the word of God in the music. There has to be the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So how can you tell? Well, first, before we get into that, how could you tell whether the music is anointed or not? Let me just show you something. In Exodus chapter 15, we're going to see after the Israelites' triumphal passage of the Red Sea, you see Moses and the children of Israel sang their song of deliverance. Remember that. Before, in the Old Testament, when there was wars going on, they would send the praise and worship team first. The musicians, the singers, the banners would go up, and they would bring that first. Because they know that that has, uh, it brings the presence of God. It ushers in the presence of the Lord. Singing, playing instruments unto God. Exodus chapter 15, if you don't believe me, let me read it real quick. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my victory. He is my God, and I will praise him. He is my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yes, the Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and armies he has thrown into the sea. The very best of Pharaoh's officers have been thrown, have been drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your your right hand, O Lord, dashes the enemy to pieces. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrew those who rose against you. Your anger flashed forth. It consumed them as fire burned straw. At the blast of your breath, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood straight like a wall. In the middle of the sea, the waters became hard. The enemy said, I will chase them, catch up with them, and destroy them. I will divide the plunder. Avenging myself against them, I will unsheath my sword. My power will destroy them. But with a blast of your breath, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who else among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is glorious in holiness like you, so awesome in splendor, performing such wonders? You raised up your hand, and the earth swallowed our enemies. With unfailing love, you led these people... Whom you have ransomed, you will guide them in your strength to the place where your holiness dwells. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The leader of Edom will be terrified. The nobles of Moab will tremble. All the people of Canaan will melt with fear. Terror and dread will overcome them because of your great power. They will be silent like a stone until your people pass by, O Lord. Until the people whom you purchase pass by. You will bring them in a plant and plant them on your own mountain, the place you have made as your home, O Lord, the sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have made. The Lord will reign forever and ever. When Pharaoh's horses... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. and charioteers rushed into the sea. The Lord brought the water crashing down on them. But the people of Israel had walked through on dry land. Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine and led all the women in rhythm and dance. And Miriam sang this song, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown both horse and rider into the sea. Wow. See that? That was a song. They sang a song to God. Music is something that God uses to bring glory to himself. Music. You lift up the name of Jesus in your in your tracks, in your music, in your praise and worship. You 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 honor God with every instrument that you touch and you play. Amen. That brings the presence of God. Music is big. There is a biblical basis for music. So how can we tell whether or not this music or that music is from God or is pleasing to God? First of all, we can tell by simply asking the following questions. Check this out. Is this pleasing to the Lord? Amen. Uh, and that's a, a question that if you're honest, you'll stop listening to a lot of music out there. I hear, I hear it all the time by young Christians, uh, young adults, teenagers, and the younger kids. That when they want to play a song or they want to sing a song, um, the leaders of the church or someone asks, hey, is that Christian? And they would say, no, but it's not bad. It doesn't curse. You know, it's about a boy and a girl something. They always say it's not bad because they don't curse. So by saying a song doesn't curse and makes it good, no, it doesn't make the song good. Only thing that makes a song good is God because God is the only one who is good. So the question you should be asking when you're listening to the type of music you love to listen to, you like to listen to, is this pleasing to the Lord? In other words, will that music lead us into the very presence of God? Is that hip-hop track or is that um, pop song or is that rock and roll or is it going to be leading us into the very presence of God? I could name a whole bunch of artists out there that are in the secular realm and they now they're calling themselves Christian. For some reason or another, they're calling themselves Christian. Well, let's hear their music to see if their music will lead us into the presence of God. And you can tell right away whether it's going to lead you to the presence of God or it's going to lead you to um, the den of demons. So will this music cause a believer who is facing the very powers of darkness to have victory? You know, there's lyrics and songs out there that after you listen to it, you could be in the best mood. You could be having a great day. But there's certain songs that have certain lyrics that will actually get you angry. Angry. Will want to make you fight somebody. Will get you sad and because of what they're saying the the melody of the song it's crazy how music can take you to a place of distraction how music could take you to the presence of God and also some music could take you to a distracting place far from God from his presence from his goodness so will the music cause a believer who is facing the very powers of darkness to have victory that's a question so music that is anointed by the Holy Spirit it will usher you into the presence of God. And that, that, that music right there, that anointed music, will bring conviction to the lost. 
conviction to the lost, and rejoicing to the saved. In other words, you could be at a service or a concert or uh, an outreach event. There's musicians playing, and you see people weeping. You see born-again Christians rededicating their lives to the Lord. And then you see the conviction of the Spirit of God convicting um, unbelievers even and believers of their sin and brings them to repentance, puts them on their knees. I've been to worship conferences and concerts and worship events and praise and worship goes up and the music starts playing and it's so anointed um, that you can feel and sense the presence of God. And where the presence of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty, amen, there's conviction of sin, repentance, love, grace, mercy, everything comes to shower us down when that music is anointed. We should never isolate any genre of music. Never isolate and say that that type of music uh, can't reach the youth or that type of music is demonic. Unless you know for sure that you put it through the test and you ask the question, is this music pleasing to the Lord? Just like other things that we do. Some people drink and they're Christian and they say, well, nowhere does it say you can't drink in the Bible. Uh, only when you get drunk, it becomes a sin. And my question is always, well, does drink, drinking that alcoholic beverage, will that please the Lord? And then it, it's really silence because we know that, or I know for sure, that I'm not going to grab a glass of wine and say cheers to Jesus while I'm drinking the wine. There has to be something that overcomes me. God has to be there and say, okay, it's okay. For me to take a glass of wine, douse with alcohol, and just lift it up to my mouth and say, just cheers to Jesus. Or even pray over the glass of wine and say, God bless this wine, bless this alcoholic beverage, bless this beer. It doesn't make sense. So we should never, in the same way we can't isolate things that we do, like smoke, drink, and say this is good and this is not. Unless we're honest and we're asking the question, is this pleasing to God? Music that's anointed by the Holy Spirit is going to reach all age groups. You could be 60 years old or you could be 6 years old. Music that has the Holy Spirit in it will reach any age group. And it's going to minister really to all types of genres. People who are in rap, soul, country, rock and roll, all that. All genres. I believe that God has ministers to reach every genre and every single demographic and every single group and age category with music. I think God is big enough to do that. The Word of God is never isolated to one specific age group and will never be isolated to one age group. But once again, shouldn't be compromising our stance because if it's a popular thing or the world says it's popular, even with much of the church, a lot of church music, you know, is really not accurate too. There's some worship songs that we're used to hearing that if you listen to the lyrics, it's not biblical. It's not biblical. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. So you see, the period between Samuel, David, Solomon was the golden age of Hebrew music. If you read the scriptures, if you do a Bible study, it was, and it was also Hebrew poetry. Music was now the first, for the first time, systematically cultivated. In other words, music was uh, given by God and now was systematically and methodically used. 
music. You can see that uh, it was a it was a big part of training in the schools of the prophets. Music was First Samuel ten ten five says, "When you arrive at Gibeah of God, where the garrison of the Philistines is located, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the altar on the hill. They will be playing a harp, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre, and they will be prophesying." You see, see how they're using that. The school of prophets have music involved. God has set that all up. God has set that all up. First Samuel nineteen, verses nineteen to twenty-four. When the report reached Saul that David was at Naoth in Ramah, he sent troops to capture him. But when they arrived and saw Samuel and the other prophets prophesying. The Spirit of God came upon Saul's men, and they also began to prophesy. So when Saul heard what had happened, he sent out other troops, but they too prophesied. The same thing happened a third time. Finally, Saul himself went to Ramah and arrived at the great wall in Sekou. Where, where are Samuel and David, he demanded. They are, they are at Naoth in Ramah, someone told him. But on the way to Naoth, the Spirit of God came upon Saul, and he too began to prophesy. He tore off his clothes, lay on the ground all day and night, prophesying in the presence of Samuel. The people who were watching exclaimed, What? Is Saul a prophet also? Why? Because the anointing of God was in that place. It was a setup. Music was being played. He was sending troops over there to capture David. They started feeling the anointing of God. The band was playing. The prophets were prophesying. They started prophesying. And then Saul was like, enough is enough. I'm going to go myself and find out what's going on. And God got a hold of him through that anointing music, through that anointing of the music. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 15. Now bring me someone who can play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. See that? The power of the Lord is attached. When he's in the mix, when he's in the music, that anointing is attached to the music and he's attached to it. And the power of God will be in the building when you have the anointed musician, the anointed worship leader, the anointed, anointed singer or the anointed band. Amen. The presence of the Lord will be there. Second Chronicles chapter 25 and verse 6. All these men were under the direction of their fathers as they made music at the house of the Lord. Their responsibilities included the playing of cymbals. Hey, that's part of drums, right? Lyres and harps at the house of God. Asaph, Judith, Jeduthum, and Haman reported directly to the king. Now, this goes out to all my brothers and sisters that say that we shouldn't have drums in the church it's too noisy symbols and all that stuff can you read your scripture get your word up and find out that God used these instruments in the house of God and we can't change what God already created and established into the house of God so I know a lot of religious people say well you can't you're not supposed to sing loud you're supposed to sing this way you're not supposed to use that instrument that instrument is too loud you know Let's not try to reform, have a reformation of musicians and gospel music and all this other stuff. 
If we see it in the scripture, we should do what the scripture says. God already ordained it. God already said it was good. We can't say it's bad. If God says it's okay, we have to say it's okay. And it will be done according to his will and purpose for the church. So much of the church will laugh at this response. And they're going to say that we're not up to today's crowd. Or they're going to say, you know, we're too old-fashioned. Well, let me close with this. What the Holy Spirit said through the prophet Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And you shall find rest for your souls. But here is where the modern church is. And it's found in the last phrase of the last verse. But they said, we will not walk therein. So in other words, God says, do this with the music. Get your worship leaders. Get your musicians together. Play these instruments. And the church is saying, that's too noisy. Oh, we can't do that. Um, yeah, the elders of the church won't like that. It's too noisy. It's too, it's too loud. But God already said, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein? So talent basically is only going to take you as far as you can go. Traditions will only take men as far as they can throw each other. But talent really will only go make you go, wow, that's talent. But anointing will be more than wow. It will be wow, yes, but it will set you free. And the Lord is drawing the line in the sand through his word. Which side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on the side of the music that pleases God? Or on the side of the music that just pleases your flesh? And that has... It's so popular in the world that you want to be down with it. Or you might be a Christian. Maybe you're a gospel rapper or singer or praise and worship band. And you you still listen to secular music and you're benchmarking your style of music on the your favorite band, your favorite artist. And now you're saying, well, we got to sound like this to reach the youth. We got to sound like this to reach the country people. We got to sound like this to reach the black people. We got to sound like this to reach the oriental and the white people and the Latin people. No. God will put a new song on your mouth and on your lips. And he will give you music to play and the melodies and all that. Ask God to give you the music that's going to please him. Because after all, God created music to give him self-glory, right? So we should be giving him glory, honor, praise, and worship through our music. So going back to the original question, amen, which is, uh, let me see before I mess it all up. Let me read this question off my Facebook. How can we tell if the music we listen to is pleasing to God? Well, you can tell by reading his word and knowing that through his word is where you find the answers, right? God bless you. God keep you and remember, God is good. Peace. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.